The Rink Rat Report podcast is brought to you by BetStamp, the ultimate sports betting companion app. Track, follow, and analyze your bets across multiple sportsbooks. And while you're there, check out the world's first verified buy and sell marketplace for sports betting picks. Download the app today. The Rink Rat Report podcast is also brought to you by Season 2 of The Lock Garage. Host Marco Shara, a Toronto criminal defense lawyer, interviews various criminal lawyers about the practice of criminal defense, gets them to share their war stories, and helpful tips for up-and-coming lawyers interested in the area of law. Out now on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Step into the garage, listen to the experts, and get a tune-up. Okay, we're recording? Yes, sir. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast. Very late episode, just because we uh, just witnessed a complete piss fest in the desert there. Uh, Coming back from the, what would this road trip be, Central? ish oh, yeah central it's not quite west midwestern midwestern road trip joined by yeah. jason today just jason no josh oh, today. Yeah. um well that sucked it's yeah been some ugly hockey it's a rough slate like, oh yeah started off great the first like this week with uh that first period colorado coming out the gates against colorado I thought one we and played, a half periods yeah, yeah. and thought and we played then, great but <sighs> It We're was here just now. so up and down afterwards. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. What the hell? The third periods, well, obviously tonight, well, tonight it would have been 1-1. One, one. So in the Colorado and Vegas game, I think I tweeted it, the shot differential was like 31, something, I'm paraphrasing, but around 31 to 7 total. It was the sh- in just the third periods. Shot differential was 31 to 7. Goal differential was 4 to 0. Not good. They blew a 4-2 lead against Colorado, and then they blew a 3-1 lead against Vegas, yeah. correct? And then tonight, they tied it up early in the third period and then gave up kind of a pretty shit goal on everyone's part to Ryan Zingle at the end there, or Zingle, whatever, however you pronounce it there. But, oh my God, let's get into this tonight's game. Like, what happened? I, I think we just got goalied. We just we just got absolutely goalied by I don't honestly I can't even Karel can't even say his the name Melka the Melka and he, so with him this year I'm sure this game really brought up his save percentage quite a bit but with Karel Vamelka this year coming into this year I had no idea who he was he was a Czech he was a goalie from the Czech Pro League who had a like not a like terrific save percentage from what mm-hmm. I I knew of. Uh, he came in, had absolutely has had absolutely no so support in front of him, completely zero run support in front of him. But his save percentage on the year is nine oh four with a three point three goals against average. So like he's getting a ton of volume against mm-hmm. him, and like a nine oh four. I know the goals saved above average, and all those fancy stats are not gonna show for it but when you're facing that much volume and your save percentage is above 900 and your team completely sucks and you are 313 and one as your record i'm not sure if that can that uh, includes tonight no it does not include tonight so now 413 and one and so that means the save percentage doesn't even include let's see what that updated is later but like he's been Pretty decent for a nobody this year. Yeah. When's he born? 1996? He's I th- not the oldest guy. Yeah. I, tonight, he definitely got a bunch of goals saved about expected. Because oh, yeah. holy smokes. Like, we were peppering him with shots. Like, high danger shots from, from 
all over what the were place. the total like, shots? 40-something. 40 40 46 40. to 18, was it? Yeah. And Corsi was 62 to 31, just shots. So uh, that's... We smoked them. We, uh, like, what are you going to do? Expect the goals for the least. The first goal was so garbage. That was a hole-type goal. The hole wasn't even on the ice. Like, there was just so much fumble farting mm-hmm. there. It starts off... Dermot has it behind the net. Like, there's a bunch of commotion. Like, I didn't... There was an easy zone entry. Goes behind the net. Some commotion in the corner. Dermot's able to get the puck. Two guys come in on him. He sends a pass into Lilligren skates. Lilligren gives it up. And then there's a shot. It goes over the net. But then it comes back over the net. Bounces around a little bit. Goes off, zingle, and in. Like... These are one of the shittiest feeling nights for a goalie, like for Peter Mrazek, I mean, because, like, look at the two goals that they gave up off the back of him, off the back wall or what is it called? Glass. Off the Mm -hmm. back glass, comes back in front, hits a guy in the chest and goes in. Like, just complete garbage. And then the second goal, he almost got it on the pass across, but that's just a fully blown assignment by... TJ Brody, Brody yeah. and then you have zero chances to make up for it or mm-hmm. make a good save or even get yourself into the game feeling wise. Like, so then if you end up giving, if you don't end up scoring in those games, like, you, you, it, it you're just left feels with like this crap. Yeah. crap. Like, yeah, and I feel bad for Mrazic too because uh, this, this game, like, he's that's his a, first start. Yeah, man. God knows how it's long. A, and it's a loss on the record too. And he gave up uh. two goals, but like you said, those goals weren't really like. His fault. They no, weren't. They weren't his. I at wouldn't all. fault Mrazek at all this and, game. Yeah, like it's. I feel. I feel for Mrazek. Do you even the, fault anyone fully this game? It's no, just it, shitty it just, bounces and not being able to to score. Mm-hmm. I didn't love. I didn't like in terms of point shots. There was. I don't know. I think a, it got to the point with the Leafs that they just felt like they couldn't score, so they just started shooting legit from everywhere. Because like uh, you kind of work, you know. It, it's like, like you get frustrated and you just kind of want to just lay it on the net. But I don't know. I want to go back to that first goal because Dermot. I don't think has played that well over the past couple of games, in my opinion. No. Um, I just think that at least so for Colorado and Vegas, Dermot was playing with Sandin, and yep. then I, I just find it weird that they scratched Sandin tonight and put Lilligan instead of Dermot. I just. I, I don't know. What do you what do you think about Dermot? Specifically in the Colorado game, I felt he was really weak on on um, protecting the puck from the four checkers. I feel like he was giving the puck up quite a bit on the four checker and like and losing a lot of fifty fifty battles that he sh- not should be winning, but like he should be winning more of them at least. Uh, and I, I I I it makes me think like uh, why why are they doing this? And I'm wondering if they're like willing to part ways with Dermot at some point during the season. They're kind of using him as like, like the same thing with what they did with Nick Ritchie. They kind of just played him until as like a anymore. Yeah. Not, 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 I'm not saying Dermot is, has been playing bad. I I just think that to me, at least it's so clear that Sandin and, and, and Lillian are, are much better right now than Dermot. I think I, I, I don't, I don't know. At least from what I see, I mean, Lilgren had a tough first period. I have, I have some thoughts on him as well Mm -hmm. in there. Uh, that I'm going to get to in a but, moment. But mostly here. my my point there is that Dermot, I don't think, has shown more than it's crazy Sandin with for him, him to like stay in the, the lineup. Expected goals, expected goals for percentage mm-hmm. for him in these three games against Colorado was 61.85, 57.99 against Vegas, and then 53.64 tonight. Interesting. 
I just want like I, I, I don't I, know what the relative is tonight because point yeah. six one against tonight seems like a lot, mm-hmm. but then again that goal probably counted for a decent amount yeah. because of how close in it was. I don't think he's been that bad. What mm-hmm. I did notice, I kind of like like the offensive instinct when he's carrying the puck along the blue line has looked a little bit better. Um, I don't. I didn't. I I just thought he was plain old. Travis Dermott kind of thing. I, I didn't think he was really that that bad. I thought he, I felt like maybe it's just because Colorado's like just that good of a team, and like any and like really any any of the top lines against color against Dermott, he's gonna have trouble with in Colorado. I feel like he was just getting Seemingly. worked too much yeah. in that in that game in particular. But and I, I feel I, like everyone was though. Yeah, like, that's true. The third period was just a complete shit show. Mm-hmm. We I don't think anyone. They didn't also also like what I. I mentioned those numbers, 61.85% goal, expected goals for. Um, he, he, I don't think he played very much in that third period. I'd, I have to, I'd have to look it yeah. up, but I don't think he played very much in the third period. Um, a lot of the chances came off of, like, they, the Leafs got several penalties in that third period as well. So that, that wouldn't account for this five-on-five stat here. Uh, this, Dermot doesn't even play penalty kill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, like... In the period where it all fell apart, like, well, in the period where it mainly fell apart, Dermot probably didn't, wasn't on the ice for much of it. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have much of concern. I think he's just been, yeah, what no, he I, is. I, I'm not concerned. Yeah, I was just like throwing out ideas, maybe as to because I just when you when you take a guy out of the lineup, you like I just don't see what Rasmus Sandin could have done wrong. I don't think, yeah. Do you, like, did you see anything particular in the Vegas game? Because I didn't see no, anything, not at all. And I just think that ten he's, hits that game. He's been going, yeah. He's been going so strong. Like these, he he looked great ten in the hits. last two games, and it's just frustrating when he has like a good two games and he gets taken yeah. out of the lineup for just seemingly no reason. But um, yeah, someone asked someone asked me that on the, on the Instagram, like, why is uh, why is Sandine out? And it's like, well, the same reason why he's been taken out, or. Why Dermot's been taken out, or why Logan's mm-hmm. been taken out this entire year? Team. We have seven yeah. strong defensemen, and mm-hmm. the issue with playing seven strong defensemen like that is that you saw what happened in the first period tonight with Timothy Logan. It looked like he had some time off, mm-hmm. and every single game he gets put back in after some games off, it really shows. Yeah, is that like a fault to Timothy Logan? No. Because then he looks good when you put him in several games in a row, right? He is a good defenseman. Mm-hmm. He has his flaws. I don't really like how he gives up the blue line. His gap control isn't the greatest. I wish you would close that up a little bit. But in the defensive zone, I like how aggressive he is. He's a very good puck mover. He's good in the offensive zone in terms of getting shots off from the point. He got a couple off tonight. But like in terms of jumping back in after a couple games off, he always looks bad. But is that a fault to him? absolutely 110% no. Mm-hmm. And so now it's like the weird sort of thought. So like, what do you do? How do you keep seven demon in? And how do you keep seven demon fresh? Like you have to play them all. Mm-hmm. It just, yeah, it's a weird conundrum. It's, There's it's, no good answer to it. I feel like I just expected them to cycle out even just Dermot and Hall more than they've done so far. I know it's only yeah. been two games since we've come or, like three or four games since we've come back, but I just, I just would like to see, our I just like to see our young guys get get. Has Hall been better? Hall honestly has sneakily been been better the past couple of games. Yeah. Was he injured? Do you think before? May, maybe 
I, I don't know, because Muzzin... He looks a lot less tin can man. Mm-hmm. Tin, he lo- it looks a lot less tin can man-ish. Yeah. If that's a word. I, w- I wonder not, if the break really helped him out. Cause it, I think it did. It seemed like it did. Like So I, I, I don't have the numbers right now, but I know that he was hit. That, that pairing in particular was strong at controlling the chances in both, I believe, I don't know about tonight, but the last tonight two was seventy-seven point nine eight for Justin Holy Hole. Holy smokes! Uh, against Vegas, it was forty-seven point eight one, and Colorado sixty-one point four seven. Yeah, it was really strong against Colorado, which was good to see because you assume they're playing against the tougher guys. But yeah, they were. It was just a matter of the Leafs look completely yeah. dead against Colorado yeah. in that third period. I wonder oh how much of that God. is also just being in Denver. I don't know the altitude. Yeah, Who the altitude. I I did think that as well and i heard that from mm-hmm. someone else as well like like it just fell off a cliff there yeah like and then what do you do oh, it's, nice. also we, we we're not like obviously they're athletes but like they're not they're not used to playing they've only played five games in what the past month like yeah who knows who knows how like those legs i feel like take a take a couple games how much to get of an advantage i want to yeah like ask like a, a former <laughs> pro that like when you go to Denver, does the altitude make that much of a difference? Yeah. Like, like when the teams, like it would be since they finished what, when they finished fourth or whatever and got Kale McCarr. Mm-hmm. Like, what the home record has been since then? I'd want to look that up. That is something interesting. But, but yeah, even though we lost that yeah. game, it's good. Good little takeaway is he's got a point. The the, the Colorado game, game? yeah. I mean, it's if we won tonight, this we this road trip would have been a massive. So Josh success. did want to bring up that he thought that the Colorado game was the, the worst. worst game that the Leafs have played all year. I don't know. Do you? Do you? How do you feel about that? I don't. I don't. I, didn't I think, think it was it the was worst all year. But absolutely horrific, awful half of a game. The first mm-hmm. half. I mean, so what happened with that game? And here's the ebbs and flows of it. The, they started off very weak. When, but when the Leafs went up one nothing, the shots were seven to one mm-hmm. for Colorado. They scored on their first shot off of a break where Eric Johnson was doing God knows what in the defensive zone. And then after that first goal, the floodgates kind of opened. The Leafs were able to get more and more chances. Austin Matthews, what did he pop off for two goals in that yeah, first it was period? Two goals within a minute, and they were legit relentless. That at the after that ten minute mark of that period, yeah, he it was two all goals Leafs. in that game. He could have had four. Yeah, it was all Leafs for those next ten minutes, and they were. He had a, he had a couple really good displays of how just like physically strong and what mm-hmm. a physical animal he is. There was one in the first period. It was uh, he was coming around from the left side. He chipped it behind the net, so hit it off the back of the net, and then just. Bodied the bodied the defender that was on him, like got rid of the puck, chipped it to an area, bodied the defender that was on him, and then got the puck back oh, and yeah. was able to just like open space mm-hmm. up for him. Then there was another play. It was a delayed penalty along the blue line. He did pretty much the same thing to Nazem Kadri. Chip it to an open area, body, get off me, little boy, and then get the puck and then cycle it from there. Like these mm-hmm. past three games, Austin Matthews has been – a human highlight reel. He has been so good and so much fun to watch. Like it's just crazy yeah. that you know that first line in general has mm-hmm. been clicking so well, and you only have three points to show for it in three games. Three points. Three. 
Oh yeah, from the for the Leafs. Yeah, so I thought you were talking about player points. So it was, uh, yeah, it's a su- it sucks that we only got three points. We should have we should have won tonight. We should have beaten Arizona, but yeah, it was spe- frustrating. Specifically in the Colorado game, I liked the way that Kerfoot was playing on that line. I thought he looked great. Well, yeah, he dishes the puck well. He looked he just very puts it good. Into, he opens that, he opens it up a little bit. And Bunting yeah. and Matthews' chemistry is they're like, they're the next level. You could see it. They they're they're boys. But then they're Kasha boys. and Bunting were were working very very well together the past mm-hmm. two day, two games. There were several times. And do you remember Matthews' goal yesterday um, against Vegas? Refresh Sorry. me. When was when did they play Vegas? That was yesterday. Was that yesterday? That was yesterday. Wow. <laughs> it was Jeez. two. The two late games really get you because yeah. You, so the goal <laughs> was Kasha was like. Gets the puck, gets possession behind the net, kind of like moves it a little bit to Bunting, who's on the goal line. Uh, Bunting, nice little just like pass in between the defenders to Matthews, who had like pretty much an open net. Then tonight, I can even throw, I can even show you the video. Same sort of thing. Bunting breaks up a play. Kasha gets possession, shifts it over to, I think he. Did Kasha go to Bunting and then Matthews? Or, I don't know, I have the video here that I can show you. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's just, ter- it, like, yeah. it's not just strong chemistry between Bunting and Matthews, which we've seen, but, like, the chemistry between Kasha and Bunting has been very, very good as well. Mm-hmm. Seems like they just understand where they're all going to be on the ice and just understand, like, Kasha understands that if he sees Bunting going in there, he's probably going to squeak out with it. So very, I need to get open. Oh, yeah. And They've I, been very good mm-hmm. on the forecheck. They've been very good at getting possession and maintaining possession. Mm-hmm. Like these past three games, uh, this website crashed on me. Damn it! <laughs> it was like they're each each of the three of them are like seventy some odd percent expected yeah. goals. They're strong. Yeah, Just, like nobody else is touching the puck when they're on the on the ice. Yeah, and that's what you want to see. They've given up a couple, but like. They're like one-off kind of situations. I'm but. excited for Martin to come back and, and get that spot back on yep. his line. He like, oof. I feel like he's going to come out of a cannon with the way that Matthews and Bunting are both playing right now. But yep. So the debate that I've seen online is Andre Kasha deserves to be in the top six. Yeah. But it's but, like mm, when Marner comes back, do you think that will happen? I don't think that'll happen. I think that's crazy. He does so well. He does so well on that third line. Why would you? Is the argument that Marner is going to do better? Does he do, like, like, as well? Is he being maximized on that third line? But then you're, like, going to minimize, like, I don't know, maybe, like, it depends how much you play Marner if you're playing him on the third line, right? You're not playing Marner on the well, third where, line. Well, where is he going then? Value? That's the thing. Like, So, to me, that, I think, in Sheldon Keith's mind as well, that line of Kerfoot, Tavares, and Nylander, he likes a lot. Because... On against Colorado, Kerfoot played really well on that top line. Yeah. Mikhaev honestly stunk on that uh, with Tavares and Elander. I thought that line was not as good. Yeah, the and chances I, that they got were very, very fair mm-hmm. weather. And they got a couple, but mo- most of the chances good. were Nylander on his own just stripping a guy. I swear, I swear he had like three takeaways that he game had like four alone, or five. and he was just stripping guys and going the other way. And Mikhaev just didn't stripping skill guys. Too. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, you can't. You think you can skate the puck against me? No, Nylander just. I remember there was one he took him off Makar, but um, yeah, like I, I was it Makar. I know he for sure stripped Bowen Byram and Sam mm-hmm. Gerrard. Yeah, just on very nice. Both place. guys try to rush the puck, and he's just there with them stripping. It's beautiful. Yeah, but. he did. Uh, so I've documented this in the mm-hmm. past, where a lot of his takeaways come from batting the puck out of the air. 
He's been he stripped from behind a lot of plays yeah. against Colorado. It was on full display. He was awesome. Yeah. At it's just that, some of these sure. D think that they're fast in it, but he's he can keep up with them and he oh, yeah. he's able to get it and go. But back to what I was saying though, I just think that Kerfoot on that line, like they they didn't like Mikhaev on on that line, right? So no, he sucked. So like, and they obviously aren't haven't tried. They're not going to try. It doesn't seem like they're going to put cash on, cash on the left wing unless unless you do like a Nylander. You know what I mean? Like I don't think. I, no, I think basically I think that line not splitting distributes yeah. the puck too well mm-hmm. to take him it off works. That and, spot. and then so yeah, that's why I brought up yeah. the question. It's like Andre Kasha is playing so well. He's shown mm-hmm. so such good chemistry with Michael Bunting. Like you don't want to split guys up, but it's like. Yeah, yeah, you have to do. Yeah, yeah, I think Kasha ends up on the third line. It would be interesting to see Kasha, Matthews, Bunting, and then a third, a second line of Marner, Tavares, Nylander. Yeah, interesting. I think Marner and Nylander would work very, very well together. Yeah, I could see that. That would that be a, a lethal good puck line. Distributor. Nylander can be a good puck. He's a good hybrid of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like when he shoots first. I like. I, I love good, when he Yeah, shoots he's a first. good volume shooter. That's where it activates Taveras, who's mm-hmm. good in front of the net, good along the boards there. Yeah, but that, then that could make that could actually work. Now that you mentioned, like Taveras, uh, I mean, sorry, Marner does a very good job of making space for his line mates mm-hmm. in terms of drawing in defenders, dishing the puck, giving them time and space with it. Like that line could work very, yeah. very well. I think some. I think it was Kyle Cushman on Twitter tweeted that, but like I've seen it. I've seen the chemistry in the past between. Yeah. Marner and Nylander, where yeah. it's like the, it's a very viable option. Yeah, well, they're both really high skill players. They're both guys who've played with guys who are so as good where as them. I like, think it, Andre it makes Kasha sense. playing but, so damn well mm-hmm. allows you to play with that top six a little bit more. I think. Do you yeah. want to? I don't think they will. But it's just an interesting mm-hmm. thought. Honestly, though, I still think he's our seventh best forward. I still think Bunting and Kerfoot are both playing better. Like right now, even with how good Kosh is playing, I'm more surprised with how good Bunting and Kerfoot are, honestly. I didn't expect both those guys to be Bunting, that yeah. good this year. Kerfoot, you... Oh, Kerfoot, for sure. Ha- we, we thought he was going to be on the fourth exactly, line. Exactly. had get rid of him. Exactly. We, we, were, we were ready to let him go for the expansion draft, and thank God we didn't, right? Like Because he is having... Expansion um, draft. I thought he was going to be on like waivers. Yeah. He sucked <laughs> last year. He, he was, was so inconsistent. There was literally zero expectations for it, in my books, for Kerfoot. It was just like, just, just also be able to the, play in the top nine. The That's entire it. preseason and the first two games, he was... First two, yes. First mm-hmm. two games, he was a complete ghost. Mm-hmm. He was he did absolutely nothing out there, and then he got two points in the game against Ottawa, and then he took a few games off like he usually does. And then it's just been he's been on a heater this yeah. year. His five on five point total, I haven't looked up or done the math on any of it, but like his five on five point total this year has been fantastic and you should see some of the guys that have the same point mm-hmm. total as him yeah i think he's around 16 to 18 points at five on five because i remember checking recently he was around 16 how many points does he have I isn't th- he like leading the leafs in five on five points he he's close he was close to i don't think so now because matthews now has like freaking five six six five on yeah. five points in the last three games but before i checked at the beginning of the road trip and kerfoot was had i think around 16 to 18 um Five on five points. I forget, I forget where because I it was in that range. I I can tell you for sure he has a, he has a lot of five on five points. He does, and yeah. it, and he's you love it. You're happy. You're so happy with distributing the puck very well. He looks a tad bit faster. Mm-hmm. Just looks like he knows more so what to do on the wing at center. It was like 
what kind of really are you? You don't yeah. win face-offs. He wasn't the quick. I think he's gained a step this year, I want to say. I don't. Maybe it's just an eye playing tricks on me kind of thing, but, you know. Yeah. He's, it's been a good continuation of the playoffs last year. Seriously. What did he do well in the playoffs last year? Just give the puck to the better players. Mm-hmm. And he, maybe that's what made it click. But it's it's you almost forget that we got, like, he's been on the team for a while now. This is his third or fourth year, I think, with the team. I would say fourth. You, and, you, and we so, sometimes you forget. This is the guy we got in return for Kadri, right? We got Barry for that one year, and we got Kerfoot, and we kind of, I assume in that deal, you kind of hope that... No, 1920, 2021, this is his third this year. This is his third Sorry. year, yeah. yeah. But he he's in his first two years, he hasn't really shown anything. He's 27 years old, yeah, right? And it's His like, first year was okay. Last year, I thought he kind of like... He was very middling. Mm-hmm. Um, it did very well in the playoffs. Did very, very well. Played much much above expected. And you kind of... Oh, yeah. he, he took that and ran with it. Good for him. But... Yeah, you kind of forget that he was the guy who was trade. You know, trade for that's the last Part piece. Of that's the that's the piece we have remaining in the Kadri chain. Kadri's freaking gonna lead the league in points. He's on oh, an God. absolute heater. Let's not yeah. think about that. But at least the guy we got back is has shown that he can probably play in the top six, which is a good feeling to have. So Kerfoot's a good story this year for the team, and I'm happy. Oh yeah, happy with how he's performed. Okay, yeah. So for the past three games, Andre Kasha, who only played two in two of them. 78.24, Matthew 73.76, and Michael Bunting 69.44%. So strong line. goals for. And then Muzzin at 66.99 and Hole at 65.29. It's a strong Kinda line. Kind of surprising considering yeah. how much the Leafs have given up in the last three games. and then, But that penalty differential really kills them. Yeah. And so. it's and you, and you know what? You, you, you hope the penalties are like the outliers because the Leafs don't, they don't seem to take a lot of penalties in – Games before this, so you just kind of hold like both both of the collapses that you if you can call them collapses against Colorado yeah, and they were and full Gold, collapses. They were collapses, but they were more of a result of not us being playing poor, but a result of us taking penalties. And I feel like especially in the Colorado game, losing our rhythm at five on five, not being able to put our guys together because of the penalties as a result of those. And yeah, but you know what? Again, we take looking at those two games, we took away three points from that. That's okay. And Another thing I wanted to bring yeah. up from the last three games. What have you thought of the bottom six? The bottom six doesn't look the same, honestly, without oh, now that Cash is back. But without Cash, because he's playing in the top six now. And without Engel, I don't think it looks that good. And it's it's just... They each bring something to both of the, the third and fourth line. Yeah, exactly. Engel, we're going to get into the player cards later. Mm-hmm. I didn't even intro it. It's been a... Very back and forth. Good discussion this episode. Yeah. But I, I, I'm supposed to line up, outline what we were supposed to talk about, but oh well. It's too late. It's, uh, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, so Andre Kasha brings like some good offensive ability, a lot of speed to the third line, um, gives it the pretty much the only offensive mm-hmm. ability for being real. Uh, and then Pierre Engvall, his defensive metrics have been off the charts. Again, he's a very quick skater. He's got a good reach to him. He's a forward with a long stick. Before I forget, Darren Pang on the TNT feed was talking about how he's like, oh, about Nylander. He's like, oh, this is a forward with a curved stick. I'm like, <laughs> I just think about that Pierre Maguire quote way too much <laughs> for you to be throwing that term around, yeah. Darren. But anyways, so they each bring a lot to both of those lines. Mm-hmm. And I know Pierre Engvall, like, 
it doesn't seem it doesn't show up a lot on the score sheet I would say but like it seems like the fourth line performs a lot poorer when he's not on it like it like the fourth line just it was too slow it's been too slow I know they had Joey Anderson on but like and he had one good chance really really good chance tonight but like the game before when they had Clifford, what was the fourth line? Clifford, Richie, and Spezza? I think. Or Sini was one of the games. Was it? What about last night? Oh, with Cashin? Yeah, I think it was. No, no. Was it? Yeah, it was Spezza. Spezza was centering them. Yeah. When you have Clifford, Spezza, and the third guy, Richie, I find that it's too slow. And, like, you, you don't get the results that you want from it. Yeah. Right? And then the night before, Sini in there, it's like, ah. It's disappointing to have not good results considering how well he's been playing with the Marlies. Ideally, you'd like to give him another chance, but mm-hmm. it's like you're pretty log jammed at forward. Yeah. But like when you bring Engvall in there, like that speed that he brings to that line, I know he's not the most consistent player. I know he's not the smartest player, but there's something about something about Pierre, <laughs> something about that draft and what yeah. he brings to that fourth line there. So, yeah, yeah I, I really, really not liked the depth Mm-hmm. In the past two games, the David Camp shutdown line was anything but that. I mean, when you look at it, this is supposed to be the guy that's ho- supposed to help you hold leads against teams of that caliber that they just played in Colorado and Vegas. I know there's a lot of power play, uh, like there's a good amount of power play against, but like we I could didn't use both those guys. Yeah, I didn't. That, I didn't yeah. love the the shutdown mm-hmm. line. Yeah. In either of those games. And when those guys come back, like especially Mar- like Marner and Angle, it's a trickle-down effect, right? Because then exactly. down, all these guys get moved down. And yeah, like I – yeah, the the bottom six has just been brutal. You you kind of – although Mikhaya was in – he's played, played on the first line in Colorado. You kind of wanted to see him kind of give a little bit more in that role because he was given that first first line chance. And he, yeah, he was rewarded. Get, he, he started scored, off yeah. hot he scored to start the year. Yeah. But he scored against Vegas too. Mm-hmm. But like he has not been very he good just, these three. It games. just doesn't seem like he's like he's, the, he's doing. You got to show. You want doing the Ilya Mikheyev exactly. You want to be a top six player. Like fine. You we mentioned it last yeah. week. We said what does Ilya Mikheyev do? He shows up for a couple of games in a row, plays awesome. He looked like his nineteen twenty self, and then he disappears for mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, but. Anyways, that Shit. that third line <laughs> that third line will come back when when Cash is back on the. Yeah, I think it'll give it some when, necessary juice. When we get healthy, it'll be good. And you know what? Even though we don't, I'm, <laughs> Richie's been like our our worst forward every single game. I'm just, uh, I don't know if it's better to scratch him. But Colorado, the, he had the goal and he had a pretty nice a goal, chance. Yeah. But like, just such a boneheaded penalty. Like, what the? Even the Colorado, lot, the Colorado broadcast. The, they there was two things I took away. They loved. Austin Matthews. They were Ray Ferraro type moaning over him for 60 minutes straight. It was just like, oh, oh my God. Austin. These are guys that get to watch Nathan McKinnon night in, night out. They were going, oh my God, Austin Matthews. Oh, did you see that move? Oh my God, that play there. Oh my God, Austin Matthews. Like, that was crazy. But then, so Richie, they were talking about, oh, this guy's, he was, he was put on waivers recently and they scored. And it was like, oh, that's a big goal. But when he took that penalty at the end, they were like, that is going to be the longest two minutes of this guy's career. You just got put on waivers. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> like, this is this is just really not helping you there. Yeah. 
But that was a br- like I just didn't even under- like he didn't have to like even make contact. Like, there was literally no bearing on the play whatsoever. It just made no sense at all. Like there was. Yep. And then like, he took an offensive penalty, offensive yeah. zone penalty against Vegas, and they scored again. Yeah. Like, and that's what you get with Nick Ritchie, right? Oh it's my like, god! Yeah, you get one goal and just a bunch of so much crap against bad penalties, bad penalties. But he's been since coming back in the lineup, with, like since the Edmonton game, he's just like and slightly better. But when you're, he's just no, the, he just hasn't been, been good. Honestly, he's he's like literally consistently well, no, all season almost been our I think our worst. Form. He's been slightly better than what he has been in the past but it's like it's going from rat shit to mouse shit kind of thing like still shit but different type i guess i don't know but anyways against colorado that jack like jack campbell colorado and vegas oh yeah three points to him pretty much yeah oh my god against colorado did he play well he played he made is that save of the year? That has to be save of the year, the glove save, where he dove across the net. And it's one. Uh, well, Malcolm Subban, I think, is still ah. where he like dislocated his shoulder, stopping <laughs> the puck. But that was one of his, like, between that and the Columbus one, obviously, are his two best saves of the year. That was incredible. Where yeah. He just dove across and made that save. Nazem Kadri's yeah. reaction was, says it all yeah. in there. But he made some huge he made a couple he made another like really really nice save before that too but then down the stretch after like when it was 4-4 still there was a, they were throwing a ton of volume at him and it wasn't like easy shots either like he had to come up very very big there's a game where he gave up five goals but he was i thought he was awesome mm-hmm. against colorado yeah those the go- only one that looked half alive <laughs> Well, the, the color, yeah, it just sucks the way that it ended. But Colorado does have good shooters, so it's like the volume he was getting, he was bound to like let goals. And I know he said he's like didn't play up to his standards. I'm sure his standards are just oh, if I let in more than three goals, it's not a good game. But man, he had what forty five? Like, he had a ton of shots against. He's still he forty nine shots against. Crazy, and he game. played played amazing. I think yeah. so. It's good to bit. have him. It's good to have yeah. him. So I just worried just about next the year the contract. But yeah, exactly. Got to get the other guy going. I think it's going to be really, really important to get Peter Mrazek mm-hmm. going. You get Peter Mrazek going, you get him in 20, hopefully over 20 starts. You raise his stock a little bit, and then that's where you're going to be able to make a move. And then so that you mm-hmm. can have some cap space to Work re-sign, Jack's, re-sign Jack yeah. Campbell, right? Because you look at a team like Edmonton. Like I don't think Edmonton's going to make a move this year where it's going to be able to, you know, free them up kind of thing to like they're not going to be making a move for a goalie where it's that this is their starter mm-hmm. in the future next year as yeah. well even if they do i mean it's kind of tough they have koskinen and then they have smith on the on the books for next year they want to bring in Stuart skinner to at least be the backup there yeah so yeah hopefully edmonton would be interested in peter Mraz- I like at the end of this year i can't see how they keep mrazik and campbell mm-hmm Kind of thing, right? Yeah, maybe. I don't. I, I don't know. It depends how much. Really, it depends how much Campbell gets. Uh, like if he's under four, I think it's like neg- his agent's a hundred percent gonna ne- like. I don't think that he would sign before the end of the season, right? Yeah, but you hope before he the does. end of the playoffs, you hope he does. <laughs> I don't think he will. Yeah. And then when you think about it, who are his comparables? Like, 
it's not a ton of. He's honestly one of the most goalies are so tough. Like, yeah, like would it be Jordan Binnington six by six? Maybe a little more seven or six. But he's a lot. A he's a lot older than Binnington, right? Uh, one year. Well, he's only one year older than Binnington. One year oh. older than Binnington. And Bennington won the Macop. He was almost called the trophy. Yeah. He had a solid all-star season before that as well. So it's like that got him six by six, right? Markstrom got six by six from Calgary as well. Mm-hmm. So, I don't, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if Linus it's safe Allmark to say that he's in, gone up into that echelon yet. Right. Cause it still only has been like, even though his run no, with the Leafs has been really good, this like, this year and last year. If you combine this year and last year, yeah, he he, he I mean, his stats Linus Allmark like did get yeah, what five, five by five, yeah. five by four. Got, yeah, he got he he has he, his twenty on million. He mm-hmm. had two full seasons to work yeah. with in terms of his his like sh- how much. Yeah, I I just be wary with, with signing goalies to that, just because again, goalies are in my books are voodoo. Of course, you're, and, you're weary of it, but yeah. then like the thing is, if you move on from Campbell. What the hell do you have? Like oh, you, you better have, hope Peter yeah. Mrazek is good, but then who's your backup from there? Yeah. Then you got to go find out a backup, and then do you get a Michael Hutchinson as your backup? And it's like, well, that would be a nightmare because mm-hmm. you don't want that. Yeah. At least not number one priority, one hundred percent, should be signing Campbell. But yeah, yeah. And I, I'm sure if I'm honestly, I wonder if Mrazek eventually just wants out, like just asks to be traded because I like. Does he want to be a backup? In terms like I don't. Of his workload. I don't think he's he signed to be a backup, right? Like no, he, he wants he wants to play. Like and looking at the schedule, right? Over the next week and over the next two and a half weeks, one and a half weeks, we play the Blues. The Blues on, on Saturday, who Saturday. are a very sneaky good team. Rangers on Wednesday, and then Blue Islanders on Saturday. Wednesday. So he'd probably play. He'd probably play against the Islanders, right? Or the or the Ducks next Wednesday. We have four next games over the next two weeks, right? What? Really? Yep. And that's, assu- that's assuming yes. the Ducks game isn't postponed. It's because of all the postponed games. Uh, yeah. You are right. And like you, that's you, so shit. So I, I, I don't know if there's going to be a rhythm for how they play Morassic, but you're kind you're going to want to see him draw in like a couple more games. Because how many games has he played so far? He's it's. It's January and he's four. played four. He's playing one game a month. I know it's mostly because of injury, but yeah. like he's injury healthy now. Let's let's get him in and, and let's a little bit more. Let's get let's, yeah. So let's, who let's would it be? It would be Campbell for sure Saturday. Yeah. So if it's Campbell Saturday, like I would I would want to start him against one of the Islanders that's or the so Ducks. So crappy. Just like that's such a crappy situation. Mm-hmm. Saturday and then Wednesday and then Saturday. Yeah. And Looks then like, Wednesday and then Saturday. Yeah, it seems like we're going to stick with the Wednesday recording. Uh, Just makes sense. Yeah, after the games. Yeah. Yeah. No more late games. Oh, my gosh. Please, whoever makes the NHL schedule. Uh, I don't think <laughs> there is. No, they're, they're not. They're both. They're all 7, 7 p.m. They have games. a Sunday 3 p.m. game in March. <laughs> it's like, oh, isn't that one of the, isn't that like the kids day or something? Like the. Uh, I swear they canceled that. Oh no, it's in Buffalo. Oh, that's the um, that's what it's a Hamilton. Is that's that? a Hamilton game. Oh, yeah, that's right. But in terms of 10 p.m. games, I brought you. I'm glad you brought that up. A little sports biz thing that uh, happened. So Adam Seaborn, um, he's a great follow on Twitter in terms of like TV and um, 
advertising, sports business, that kind of thing. He was saying from the World Juniors cancellation or postponement, TSN now has to do a bunch of make goods for the advertisers that paid for the ad space for those World Junior games, mm-hmm. right? So when you pay for those advertisements, you can't get refunded. Mm-hmm. You have to make good. So you have to find a spot that's going to have an equal amount of viewership, like, and then you're going to have to give that advertiser that spot. So I believe what he was saying was that the first make good game that TSM was giving out to the World Junior sponsors, I believe you can tell from the Skip the Dishes advertisement, there was like a TSO advertisement somewhere along there as well. Um, what was I saying? It was suppo- It was last night against Vegas, the mm-hmm. 10 p.m. game. Yeah. World Junior Games draw a million mm-hmm. and, and more, a million and change for like, especially Team Canada World Junior Games. They draw a million, over a million viewers. Last night's game, because it was at 10 p.m., only drew 394,000. Wow. So I don't exactly know how that works with the advertisers, but like, that's you paid good. for a million. You're getting three ninety four, like, and the product kind of sucked too, which mm-hmm. probably distracted some people because the audio wasn't synced properly, and you can tell they weren't at the game. Even even tonight, they weren't there yeah. too. That was kind of weird, but it is what it is. Okay, yeah, something I, to bring up. I thought it was kind of I, interesting. I don't know if that I I saw the the audio issue. I heard it obviously, but I I, I just thought it was my stream honestly because I, I was watching. I thought on, they were giving like quick whistles mm-hmm. to Leonard. I'm like, like he just covered that up. Yes. Why why is there a whistle already? But That's not good the for audio yeah. was was off, and then they they apologized at one point too. Interesting. So that's weird. You want to get into the player cards? Yes, let's do it. Also, William Nylander is. Like a ton of, he's been getting a breakaway game. <laughs> Alley oop passes, all that. It's been awesome. Some have worked out better than others, but mm-hmm. yeah. Let's get into the player cards. You got to show me your phone because I only have your athletic account oh, on my computer. Oh, okay. And okay. we both forgot computers somehow. Yeah, that's. Somehow. I That just blows my mind. Um. Anyways, so the- who was the most surprising one to you? The most surprising one to me. Wow. Uh, have you scrolled through them all, by the way? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I, I was a little surprised by the Engvall. I didn't Engvall. realize how good his defensive impacts were. That was my surprising are. one. His Engvall has like the best. Is it the best defensive impacts on the team? I think that's Marner, and I think. Yeah, Mar- Marner and. Uh, has better defensive impacts, both expected and actual, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Marner has better. And then the next closest... Oh, sorry. Matthews and Marner have better. Other than those two guys, no. Wow. Yeah. Those guys are... It's kind of interesting because they have the puck so much mm-hmm. that it's like... That's probably what it is, though, is the fact I think that... that it's, <laughs> they're not very positionally yeah. very good defensively, but... But because you know. they, when they're on the ice, the puck is never in their zone. How, yeah. How can you be bad defensively if you just, you know what I mean? Right? Are you surprised by the David Camp player card? The David Camp? No. He's amazing. No. He's a stud. What do you nah. mean? His player card is below value. But that, that's only because his offense is below value. But it's not taking into account his that His defense he, hasn't been, is, doesn't, isn't that good on it? It's, it's decent. He's what is decent. It? It's uh, his... Okay, wait. You're going to have to remind me again. The top one is, proje- is model projection. The bottom one is paste, correct? 
No, the is this top the other way around? one is model projection over the last three years. So okay, it takes yeah, yeah, an yeah. average over the last three years, and the bottom one is pace for the current year. Yeah, so he's he's still pro- he's a, projected as like a middling defensive player. It's just his offensive impacts are just so poor that he cancels himself. Cancels out. himself, but he d- the, it doesn't take into account the fact that he he has godly shooting take, percentages. It's <laughs> all defensive zone. Yeah, but. Yeah, I thought I thought he would be a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I I think Leafs fans overrate him defensively a little probably, bit. We but probably do. But I, I he wins d- face-offs, he blocks shots, he throws a little hit I, here and there. I genuinely don't believe he's the black hole on offense that like models have him out to be. I don't think he's like amazing on offense, but I don't think he's I think he's the black hole on offense. I think he's really bad offensively. <laughs> like who like yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. How many shots does he have for the last few games? I feel like I haven't watched him shoot the puck in a long time. Doesn't he? He's not the guy to shoot the puck though. Gives Let's it take to a look guys. at another one. Who else was good? Sandin, I was happy to see with, even though it's not. Yeah, Logan and Sandin's were okay. They were okay, but What's mind Dermot's you, both them small. Like? Said Dermot, that's the weird thing. Dermot wasn't on here, and I want. I don't know. How, he, they did the top twelve forwards and top six defensemen. I don't know how they, how Dom picked. The defense. I, I think we strange. should we should probably shoot out a tweet and see why Dermot wasn't included. Because I, I, it's weird. Like I, I don't know how he organized. Dermot has the more list. games than, than Lilligan. Yeah, way way more games than Lilligan. Lilligan right. only has. He barely has. He has. Third. Wait, probably has twenty-ish games in his career at NHL games. Yeah, some uh, 22, 25, something like that. But. It's interesting that we don't. Uh, that that's one thing that I would like to see was Dermot's card. Uh, Nick Ritchie, obviously, he has an open mouth, bewildered face <laughs> as his picture on his. Yeah, that was a good. That was a good pick. One thing that's interesting though is Jake Muzzin is like how much how underperforming he is compared to expected. His season, like, because he. What do you mean? This year he's been bad. Yeah, that, not not. This I, year he's been very bad. I expect I expected his expected to be like a little closer to that but i guess it is weighted over three years but it's weighted he, over three yeah but the, the his pace this year should be way way below his expected is it yeah, not it is but it's yeah he's been the, terrible this year over the yeah. past three years he's been good he's mm-hmm. been very good but the expected includes this year and like weighs this year the well, heaviest yeah, yeah. i but mean over the last three years though he's been very very he's good. fantastic this I, year yeah. he's been shit yeah so i'm just just maybe holding out hope for him yeah justin hall is, is also I didn't realize how good his offensive impacts are. It's high. He had like 20 points in 52 games last year. That'll do it for you, mm-hmm. especially at 5 on 5. Yeah. 25 on 5 20 points. Point, yeah. He had 18 points the year before, too. That's not bad. That's pretty good. It's not bad at all. Those are the things you just I honestly Go never picked up on. Yeah. Yeah. His defensive impacts, for some reason, are not very. Kind of makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Like tough minutes. It's going right. to happen. But. But yeah, no, uh, Dom's. We love Dom here at the podcast. He's great. Tom from the Athletic. Yeah, he, yeah. The player cards are very, very well done. Mm-hmm. They're very interesting to look at. Uh, we'll take looks at them periodically throughout. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. Just something that came out today. Pretty interesting. Some of the metrics out there, and they look very nice too. That's <laughs> very aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. Um. I think that covers everything I had. Is there any other points? Do you want to talk about the 
Matthew Nyes and Ab- uh, there's not really much to say, but Matthew Nyes and Nick Abru. Abru Yeah. Got invited to that. Oh, Olympic, uh, the did Nyes officially get av- invited? I I believe Abru I thought, Abru thought, so. Fi- I thought I, th- so. So the Ross, the USA roster comes out tomorrow. There is a p- possibility that Abru and Matthew Nyes are both on that roster. One other thing, um, Abru and Tverberg were nominated for the Hobie Baker. Nice. So that's pretty cool. But USA roster comes out tomorrow. Will be very interesting to see if Nyes makes it. Uh, I think Abru is a pretty much a lock to make it. So it'll be interesting. USA's got a fun little team there. Yeah. A lot of lo- – uh, it's projected to be a lot of college players. Um, Strauss Mann, who is a – I think that's his name, the Michigan goalie from last year. He's playing in the Swedish Hockey League this year. I, from last time I saw, he was putting up great numbers. He's a pretty good goaltender. He's a free agent too, so that'll be a very good showcase for him as well. Uh, the Canadian team, I don't know who it's going to be, but it'll be interesting. Maybe a little Josh Hosang. Hopefully we can get him there. And Do you, do you know if we have any Finnish players or any... If, like, uh, Topi Niemela yeah. and Roni Hirvinen. I wouldn't be surprised if Topi Niemela makes it. He's having such a good year, but I don't know anything about their Olympic rosters as of right now, unfortunately. Okay. What about Nick Robertson? Is he American? He's American. Nick right? Robertson is American, but he's barely even skating right now. Sure. He's He's been skating. I think he's still a couple weeks from coming back. Okay. And I don't want to send him over there. Yeah. Just at all. Get healthy and yeah. play for the Leafs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Canada, the Canadian women's announced their roster. Um, it's no surprise to Sarah Nurse, Marie Philip Poulin, Natalie Spooner, Laura Stacy, who lived down the street from me growing up, uh, all on the roster. I don't know. They, uh, hopefully, they can bring home gold too. That'd yeah. be cool. Yeah, it'd be fun to watch them. But, anyways, anything else you had? No, just wish we could have won against Arizona, but I'm happy taking three points. At- from Vegas. Surprised we're not more mad about that Arizona game. I'm honestly just... We I lost d- a minus 325 game. D- I'm dumbfounded. I'm not even mad. I'm just dumbfounded at the fact that we just got goalied by... I, I still don't... I, sh- I need to Melka. learn his name. Remember the name. I'm... Yeah, I can't... I can't pronounce it. I don't know, but... Damn it. Fuck. Losing <laughs> a minus 325 game. Like... Anyways. We're back thank on you next week. Yep. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Wednesday next week as well after the game. Let's go.